0: Have diagnostic feeding, sound flow, done, <laughs> product name, product name, product name, Um Hey, Adam yeah
1: do you ever think that somebody should be held financially responsible for our shitty public education
2: um yeah yeah i do
1: yeah (laughs) do you think that like who do you think should have to pay for that and how much
2: i think coca-cola should just because they've they deserve it
1: I don't think that that's going to work because they're a private entity and they'll just say no (laughs) I think that the government should and it should be like $20,000 every year after 19 that you believe some random bullshit a teacher taught you Okay, so like if you're 22 and you still believe the reason why Columbus came to America was because (laughs) he got fucking lost and he thought the world was flat well I guess he did get lost but Or that he thought the world was flat. Like, those couple of years, you should get $20,000 a year from the government just to be an incentive that they go and make sure that they're teaching real stuff.
0: Yeah.
2: So that's that would be like sixty grand in your example? Yes. That'd be sick.
1: It would also make that kid who probably, not the smartest, because <laughs> they picked that up and carried it all the way through school, that, that kid needs more help he needs financial security yeah do you think
2: it would create a new line of fraudsters that were actually really smart but tried to act ignorant
1: yeah, so they could cash out but that would be really 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 hard to prove that you were dumber than you are nowadays right because you have to use technology and shit and then go and look at your accounts and be like these are five little words man
2: Yeah. You learned that shit somewhere. They're like, you posted some very complex (laughs) memes. Listen, I
1: saw you (laughs) fucking post that repeating picture meme about existentialism when you were 12, all right? You have an advanced understanding of the world around you. But yeah, yeah, I just think that if you made it super expensive, the government would take better interest in making sure people aren't just saying bullshit. This actually came into my head because of the whole bird's uh smell thing which isn't necessarily schools but i did learn that in a school where it's like don't pick up a bird because because, they smell well so you're not supposed to pick up a baby bird that falls out of a nest because the mom will smell it and throw it out of the nest because it thinks it's a human which is on any analyzation complete bullshit like that's insane what, that would mean that any time any animal touched any bird, the parents of the bird would be like, you're a rhinoceros. Like, <laughs> birds hang out on rhinos. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a, but most of the reason why people think that is because parents tell kids that to not pick up birds, but they forget to tell the other parents that that is just a lie.
2: wasn't there a whole movie on that where like some chick found geese or something or like little geese geese no
1: that is a Bambi story that's the mom died and that movie has like three different names (laughs) but it's the one where she basically builds a glider and Yeah, yeah that so I don't know why the name changed so many times on that but that came out in the same vein as uh andre the seal like it was in that era
2: yeah free willy yeah yeah so i think
1: that little girl the premise of that movie starts with like her mom dying in a terrible car accident
2: oh so she's like these geese can't have the life i'm about to
1: have so (laughs) she gets sent to her dad who lives in another country and one of the things i remember a lot is she has like a traumatic flashback when they start driving because he's driving on the wrong side of the road because they're in another country and she's just like this is how we died (laughs) but uh yeah but yeah it was one of those like kind of feel good movies but that was the mom died and that was like how the the daughter and father bonded was over this flock of geese that imprinted on her and imprinting is different that's when you're there when the animal is born and it looks at you and goes you're my boss now
2: yeah okay you're saying just the pure touch thing and the smell and like oh now you smell like another animal which has also probably
1: killed countless birds but I mean Darwinism and birds falling out of (laughs) nests is it's own thing Yeah. anyway that's not what I want to talk to you about (laughs) at all
2: tangents I do like holding them accountable Money, I I mean, money is cool always.
1: I think that's the only way that it's gonna make them improve the education system. Yeah, I don't want just free shit.
2: That's true. Yeah, yeah, there has to be improvement because I would almost say like, well, just make them like, you know, uh, do stuff on the computer or like something that they would just hate, right? Like, oh, now you just have to play video games with me all day
1: so what i really wanted to talk about was uh this hit job that everybody's done on sassafras
2: dang i don't know much about sassafras well i know a little bit from you but i love the sound of that word
1: well so (laughs) do you know what sassafras product you probably like the most uh root beer that is it really yeah Okay, I
2: thought I'd seen that, like, on a bottle or something.
1: So, we haven't had real root beer in our lives. It's... They use...
2: Extract or something, right?
1: Well, so the whole deal is... Saffron has saffron in it. And saffron was discovered in the period in time when we thought that things only existed in one plant, so we named them after that plant. (laughs) Um, But saffron is registered as a carcinogen so that was taken out and we'll get into that in a second is
2: saffron just a chemical like what is saffron is
1: the chemical in the oil that is classified as a carcinogen which is why it's not in any of that quote unquote and we'll get to that in a second okay but so saffron is originally let's do a little way back in the day thing i like that when we got here Saffron sassafras. I keep saying fucking saffron in my head, but saffron, sassafras, sassafras was fucking like everywhere in the West, and it's like
2: it's like a grain, like wheat? everywhere
1: in the East. No, it's a fucking tree.
2: Oh, like a full on full size
1: tree. Uh, it depends on if we let it live. That fucking <laughs> one, yeah. Um, but so like you've an adult seen one. sassafras for sure and just not noticed it. Okay, but so back in the day, we got here. And all of the Native Americans were like, here's this really fucking cool tree. It's good for pretty much everything. And we were like, that probably cures syphilis. So we just started harvesting shit tons of it. So we
2: just started banging sassafras?
1: No, we started cutting it down, stripping the bark off, and mailing it in tonnage on ships back to Britain.
2: Oh, that makes more sense. I just thought to cure their venereal diseases. No, they
1: just rub it on (laughs) But no, so, like, if you identifying sassafras is relatively easy. Okay. It's got three different leaves on the same plant. One of them is a normal, roundish kind of leaf. One of them is a single-lobed leaf, which looks like a mitten, and it can be a left or a right.
2: Oh, so it just has like a little dip, almost like a finger. Okay. And
1: then nice. there is got a visual the here. double-lobed, which is what one guy said, a double mitten, which doesn't make any sense, but a trident does, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so all three of those are on the same plant, and if you crush them, they smell like Fruit Loops. Ooh, yeah, right. Everything sounds great about it. Uh, the leaf is edible, so that's nice.
2: What does it taste like? Root beer?
1: <laughs> I would assume. So everybody just says aromatic. Okay, but and somebody said that you can dry it out and use it as a thickener, but I don't believe that shit. Um, Everything is about the roots. This is why it's called root beer. And this is why it also got murdered. Because, like, (laughs) all of the medicinal angles that are, like, nice about it are in this little sheath on the bark. And if you take the bark off of a tree, the tree dies. Yeah. So, on top of that, the rest of the tree is real useful as well. So, we kind of just arrived here and wholesale slaughtered it. (laughs) Like, the wood is specifically very rot-resistant. So we started making boats out of it, which if you know anything about history, the second we find anything that's good to build boats with, we make whatever plants that it was made with extinct within like 20 years. Yeah. Um, The sticks, like the little twigs, are actually super useful for fire starters because the concentration in oil on them is high enough that it just helps with setting them ablaze
2: is that the same like the sap or whatever that they use in the medicine it's like the same stuff on the twigs i would assume
1: well yes it is that's it's all the oil that's in it the medicine is the oil not the sap in it the sap was never once brought up
0: oh okay so
1: it's in the plant and specifically the highest concentration of it is in the bark interesting and in that it's in the bark that's in the roots so it's like super we just got to dig it up when I was I was watching a couple of YouTube videos about this, and the first one was an oh so pleasant man that just sounded like he was out of breath the whole time, <laughs> and it's weird because he has to talk about MDMA, and it's funny watching. All of them are like middle aged white men that get to the MDMA thing, and they're like. Uh, the street term for this is I mean it might be I don't know nothing about that I swear
2: (laughs) they're all just acting like they wouldn't know the the second one
1: was like a father son thing that started out real nice I was like we're gonna make some sassafras tea (laughs) and he goes out and he's like now we've identified the sassafras and I smell it and he makes a little colorblind joke because he likes to smell things because he doesn't like to get poisoned and then it turns to like shitty metal music and he's just (laughs) bashing the shit out of the plant was like a hoe and it's like super violent yeah and i'm very empathic towards plants and it made me like cringe i was just like oh man what like (laughs) snuff film for a plant yeah but yeah so basically we got here built everything we could out of it slaughtered the crap out of it and then we found out that you can make drugs out of it which is even better in my opinion (laughs) So but, that
2: was after we had kind of made it endangered ish, let's say. So
1: we didn't oh, so what's what's the number on this? I have it written down on how rare we got this to go. So in sixteen ten, it was one of our major exports and we were shipping tonnages. Okay. And so imagine back in the day what it took for people to get a ton of something on a boat. Yeah. Yeah. And how big Sass had to be to make it worth that. Because now it's all twigs and getting a ton is impossible. Yeah. Um, In 1626, they were having trouble filling 30-pound orders. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So in like 26 years or so yeah they went from being able to ship a ton of it at a time to <laughs> not even being able to at the expense of a whole ship get 30 fucking pounds um yeah so we decimated the crap out of it and then we kind. Of, there was i didn't do a whole lot of digging into this study of how we found out that you can make mdma or whatever out of it so i wasn't necessarily interested in the drug angle of this I am interested in the fact that the way we fucking decided to make it illegal was not it. You can make drugs with it. (laughs) It was as a carcinogen and the study, which I do intend on looking at more on every single person that talks about It's just like, yeah, they force fed mice concentrate of saffron. Yeah. Like they were just making concentrated oil and feeding it to mice and the mice got cancer. And they were like, yes, we will all admit that it is slightly carcinogenic, but it also no, no one is doing that. That's not a thing that you do. You don't eat like your body weight in right. that oil for a month straight. Yeah. Absolutely I'm- no way to get that out of your body.
2: Yeah. All I- right. Even the cooking aisles that people commonly use, carcinogens?
1: Yes, and yeah. here comes the best part. So this was made illegal in, like, the early 1960s, late 1950s. So in the late 1950s, <laughs> okay. they were doing studies on this to prove it was carcinogenic. Do you know what else they were fucking doing studies on? That they were somehow not finding any proof of carcinogenics in? Cigarettes. Cigarettes! <laughs> so, like... I don't really trust a lot of the science that goes on during that time. And then the description of the experiment sounds a lot like it was a lobbied for experiment designed to make this shit illegal. Um, Also, that being said, Saffron is in. Naturally occurring. Nutmeg, mace, cinnamon, anise, black pepper, sweet basil, rosemary, dill, black tea, dangu, turamid, uh, witch hazel, uh, Asian, and wild ginger. Nice. Um, it's also <laughs> in another thing called Akatu Perosa, but it's like in an understandably illegal amount in that plant. Hmm, okay. Uh, also, couldn't find that that plant was illegal here.
0: Weird. But so,
1: sassafras is.
2: And is that, what is it, saffril? Is that.
1: No, I keep saying saffril is okay. the oil. I keep saying sap.
2: So that's like a molecule or something? Is that illegal?
1: It is the molecule. Like, that's what it is.
2: Right. But is that actual thing illegal or just the plant of sassafras is illegal? So the
1: plant of sassafras is illegal, even though it is indigenous to this country. Um, They don't like go and tear them down. You're just, it's the same way. Like, yeah, they're illegal. No one's going to catch a planting that. They don't like run around tearing them down. It's somewhat complicated to turn them into street drugs. Yeah, they, it's almost like
0: poppies. Well, they Sounds also like.
1: try kind of specifically. Like, I was trying to find it, like lists of illegal drugs to find or illegal plants to find out if the other plant that has a lot of saffron in. Yeah, because like when you're looking at the extraction yield, like good sassafras gives like thirty something percent, okay, which is like a decent amount out of it. Yeah, the yes, other I shit's seventy percent yield
0: oh wow so it's
1: like that's actual high production and they make castor oil
2: wow okay interesting
1: there is a castor oil they make some weird fucking oil out of it but yeah it's around everywhere (laughs) uh they don't really tear it down you can still like it was completely banned in foodstuffs in the 70s i do not remember why think it ended up being it doesn't matter that it was banned in the 70s because it was unbanned as a product in the 90s so you can like sell it but it's without the saffron yeah so it's like extracted i don't know how the fuck they do that but in root (laughs) beer it's just another chemical right i couldn't find out what the chemical was every single person who brought up the chemical was like that's obviously worse for you which i don't necessarily agree with without being able to identify anything about it. Yeah. But, yeah, so we've kind of made it illegal. Uh, It's terrible to harvest. I did think of some cool ways to... Basically, if you built a hydroponic system... Okay. ...that had a dirt layer that was maybe four feet thick. Okay. Whole thing at a slant. Like... Probably like a two grade angle, like not super high, but just enough so that you could put the water source far enough away that it would make a long root system. Yeah. And then drop the water source out or drop it out the bottom of it. Like you could probably sustainably grow some sassafras and like harvest decent amounts of the root without fucking killing the thing. Yeah. And then you could get a big ass tree on top because i think the biggest tree is 100 feet tall oh wow and it's like yeah That's there's a couple huge. of uh, yeah they're among the coolest of the fucking trees that are in this country nice they have mittens for fuck's sake
2: <laughs> what are the effects that you feel like from the drug aspect of it
1: in order to get the drug aspect of it you have to make mdma
2: Oh, so it's essentially like that whole class of drugs. So you just feel it's almost stimulant-like, but with some added euphoria.
1: Yeah. Dang. But you can't just do it. You have to synthesize the drug to get that effect.
0: Right. It yeah. is
1: interesting that it's one of the only uh, water-based synthesis, that, or water-based extractions in the drug world. Hmm. It does, however... this weird fact that I realized most people don't know the difference between steeping and boiling. There's one video of a guy that I didn't bring up yet that I'm pretty sure was tripping. I don't (laughs) know what he was tripping on, but he had to do like a lot of those like breaks where you just look forward and breathe in. He was like, oh, well actually, I was trying to figure this out myself. But somebody was just like, how long do I steep it for? And He's like, not a steep. You don't steep. What you want is a boil called a roll (laughs) i was like you mean a rolling boil and he didn't say anything back because he was on a youtube video (laughs) but like every other person that i watched a video of uh basically was just like you just steep it for a while he was the only one was like no you 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 have to boil it if you don't boil it it won't work it's the wrong temperature (laughs) he did however call it a roll which was interesting Hmm. but i do intend on finding some sassafras and planting it in my dad's yard without telling him
2: yeah i'm interested now it's like give me some of that flavor i'll take the high i you mean i'll take the bleeds. medicinal yeah all of it sounds cool
1: yeah the original leaf use was shoving it in the wounds i'm curious to see how that works
2: <laughs> and imagine like if it, instead of philip morris we got philip sassafras and it's like
1: I, we were probably inches away from that in reality <laughs> Like, the difference between the products that we got becoming giants was really just who could defame the other person the most.
2: Yeah, I wonder if it would have kind of changed the vibe of things, though. Like, if it gave you this kind of euphoric, stimulant feeling.
1: So basically, if we got to ecstasy before we got to meth, is what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. That would be nice, and I think we did, but it was real mellow and nice, so no one, like, blew it up. Whereas meth was not mellow and nice and made you steal stuff to make meth.
2: Yeah. It's like, well, we still built the railroads. It just took a little longer and they're rainbow colored.
0: Oh,
1: that'd be nice. <laughs> they just go like with nature, like the entire way. There's no blasting. Yeah. Like, we had to take 40 years off to completely re-engineer the train. So all of our trains are super badass. They're actually geared <laughs> to go up mountains instead of through them. And, uh, you know, nature love it <laughs> Yeah. you have these real cool blimps that we like let drag behind it that if we get in an emergency we can put it forward and they can drag us yeah i Dude. just came up with that by the way that's my emergency blimp backup train system
2: i like it yeah and it could all be subsidized by the gigantic root beer industry that's flourishing
1: it would be i bet you that would be how they transported it across the country
2: yeah and then you like you hop on the sassafras train and you get a complimentary root beer. It'd be so great.
1: I would ha- hope that they would call it like sassafrasi's or something. <laughs> We're in the new modern age calling it a root beer.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Language would be entirely different. Like, oh, that would be-
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything
2: would start with sass <laughs> or frass.
1: <laughs> um, anyway, so that's really all I have is my large disappointment for what we did to that plant and is now still illegal. Yeah, going steal some. I do. I'm, I'm going. I bet you there's some in my neighborhood.
0: Yeah, get some I can see that. Get
1: some vitamin K. Yeah. Fucking sprout that.
2: Would a arborist be someone to talk to about sassafras?
1: Yes. <laughs> arborists, like tree people. Yeah. I'd be awesome if I thought arborists were actually people made of trees. <laughs> um, yes. Ar- From what I understand, because it's, it's a tree, well-loved right? tree. It is yeah. a tree. Right. It's a the only reason why there's not a bunch of large trees is because we cut all of them down. Yeah. Which is real handy I guess for the government when they made it illegal.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: games. Yeah.
2: I want to talk to you about some American legends. You that's, know Milton Bradley?
1: I don't like personally do not know Milton Bradley.
2: Well he's dead that would be weird if you knew him.
1: I mean there's a theory that I travel through time later but it's a fan theory and I don't know how much weight I give it. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I just had to uh, for a second realize where i was at on the timeline uh but in my fan theory (laughs) yeah so i feel like the the thing that got me down this path is just thinking of american heroes in in this way of like there are names that we know and i think that we kind of have ideas about like mark twain yeah mark twain i'd say is one of them my, yeah. But then even a little bit more vague, like, if you're, like, Mark Twain, I think most people could be, like, oh, author, lecturer, like... Famous asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's how I know him. Yeah. So, I guess maybe it is kind of the same, because if he said, like, Milton Bradley, people would be, like, oh, games. But yes. I know, like, absolutely nothing about Milton Bradley.
1: I assume that he came from a wealthy family, but... <laughs> that's just because he has a bunch of money now or, like, his company is wealthy.
2: Yeah. So the company actually no longer exists. They were bought out by Hasbro.
1: I was going to say, was it Hasbro or Namco? <laughs> Cause I feel like Namco and Hasbro have almost the exact same.
0: Yeah, they kind of do.
2: At least from what I remember. Um,
1: that was what Logo What about Parker chat? Brothers? The Parker Brothers? <laughs> yeah. Um, like i know of the parker brothers i don't know anything first thought is that peter parker had a secret brother and they made a spinoff where it was the parker brothers fighting crime which now that i'm saying it out loud sounds kind of cool
2: yeah that does sound cool um not what happened
1: Uh, okay (laughs) did they end up in some crazy quarrel and one stabbed the other
2: no it actually seems like they were pretty supportive of each other um one of the brothers george parker was the one who invented the game and he just did it uh, for funsies
1: wait the game
2: oh sorry yeah, i'm just like
1: no but games. i mean do you know the <laughs> game that i just lost because you brought uh, it We up?
2: both just lost it yeah. yes
1: did you <laughs> think he invented that game and that's what spurred this on
2: no, no. Um, so the first game he invented, I think it was just called Banking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
1: <Okay. laughs> it was basically
2: what got him into the game industry. That's
1: how I name shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so let me back up a little bit. Just just thinking, it's like, yeah, I know these names, and I feel like they have influenced American culture, but like, where did it come from? What is the first board game? And it's like, it has to... They have to be super old, right? But the American version of it is a little say, bit
1: different. Cause go, and yeah. So I'm like Chinese checkers. What's the one that Matala. just means five?
2: Um, I don't know. I'm Let's not sure. It's a Roman that
1: numeral for five. There's one. It's, it's like it's a game of stones. It's almost like go. It's just, a, just slightly different rules. But I think it's the oldest continuously played game because it's a R- Greek or a Roman game?
2: Go is no oh, the other thing one before Go. Of.
1: Gotcha. Because yeah. I think the rule is you had to get like five of something. I had a board at Pinky G's Pizzeria. Go there, ruin their economy. <laughs> um,
2: so yeah, there are these games that you know existed throughout history. You can find them like 2000 BC, like way back in time. But I'm more interested in like the modern kind of American version and how it shaped American culture. So it was like around the 1830s, 1840s that uh, kind of the modern version of board games started popping up. And it was mostly because uh, chroma lithography what had just fuck? happened. So the ability to easily print colors off of prints, ah. right? Like create like a screen print and just duplicate it and have color in it.
1: Back in the time when color was like a science, so everything had a stupid name. <laughs>
2: yeah you had to like find some weird dyes that you'd make out of like smashed berries and you know, like some kind of brain now
1: <laughs> coloring
0: <laughs> yep
1: dude smashed berries that is actually purple that's one of my favorite getting like told that you're wearing girls stuff
0: yeah you're
1: like yeah purple's girls cards like actually it's kind of royalty because of snails
0: yeah
2: dude i love purple always have purple's favorite color
1: fucking excellent yeah. And your Evangelion thing really is, it's opened a lot of eyes as to the specific color of purple that you like, because that yep. is a thing that I've noticed in the last <laughs> 30 years.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Ava uh, 01, Shinji's unit, Evangelion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those words I know. Yeah. Well, I guess I know Shinji, because he is traditionally known for uh, being a whiny bitch.
2: Yeah, he's an unfortunate main character. I like a little. I like parts of him, and, you know, the flaws of his character do expose certain aspects of the story, but it is a bummer to just have a whiny main character.
1: All right, but don't they all have to, like, watch their mom die or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, whiny is a little okay. <laughs> the, there was, like, a real brief summary that somebody gave me of this through a podcast that was a lot like yeah no everything's fine he's super whiny watched his mom get murdered and just like glazed over the fact that there's there's human souls in the robots which i also didn't know is that a thing
2: yeah 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 his dad is basically using Should we
1: label this with spoilers
2: <laughs> spoiler alert 30 year old anime <laughs>
1: i mean i think it's a it's it's not gonna hurt us yeah to write no, spoilers right. and we can put even gown in as one of the searches. Nice. Yeah. Gotta
2: think about the algorithm. Game that system. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for Shinji to be a bummed character, but it's also a bummer to watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good.
2: Yeah.
1: What a loser. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, chromolithography happens. Um, the first board games, 1830s, 1840s-ish. So not the first board games, but kind of this modern version.
1: I thought that was, I want to say that's around the same time the Ouija board got popularized.
2: It exactly. So the Ouija board was one of the examples of this kind of era of uh, gaming and board games in particular.
1: I know too much about the Ouija board.
2: (laughs) What do you know about it?
1: Uh, Most of the like, so the whole Ouija angle of the like aristocrats trying to get the demon board which is a specific ouija board that was made for bad guys yeah but like the whole fraud of there's like basically two famous fortune tellers or something that had a lot to do with getting it popularized and they went around just kind of doing shit at people's houses and whatever and so that
2: actually didn't happen until later like, it was very much thought of as a child's game. Yeah, when until, they, first, like, yeah, when they yeah. first
1: made it, it was just some shit. And then it blew up, and then the church got involved. Yep. And they've now gone to a point of... People have retroactively attributed weird demon shit to just old Ouija boards. They're like, nah, this is the one that summons behemoths from the underworld. We gotta keep <laughs> yeah. it in a special museum. And you're like, that was made... Like, people... Uh, that was only like two generations ago like we were old enough to know that that's not a monster inside that piece yeah but we had colleges it's like every time that blows my mind every time i'm like we had universities of human beings thinking about shit we're like wooden boards contact ghosts. (laughs) popular product
2: yeah i It is incredibly strange to me that it took like 70 years for that turn to happen with the Ouija uh,
1: board. (laughs) That doesn't, that's the whole fads thing. Yeah. That also kind of goes into normal people finally realize they could just lie to large groups of people. Yeah. Before that was specific swindlers.
2: Do you know how the Ouija board got its name?
1: Hmm, probably have heard it, but I do not remember.
2: (laughs) So this is kind of funny. We're just talking about how when it first came out, people didn't really think it was anything other than a child's toy. So the guy who made it did think it was something that could communicate with other realms, I suppose. But he, it was almost like he just took that for a simple fact and didn't attach any kind of emotion to it. He was just like, Yeah, of course, I can talk to ghosts. And so that's where the name Ouija came from. He's like, I will now contact a spirit and it will name the board. And he started using the board and that's what it spelled out. So he's like, It's called Ouija. That's.
1: (laughs) That is super cool that they made it name itself. That's like the episode where we made us name something on air. Yeah. We're like a Ouija board. Yeah. We (laughs) can communicate with other beings.
2: Yeah. That's deep. (laughs) so yeah they start printing these boards a lot of them are kind of word-based things almost like a a Ouija board and a lot of the first board games were actually uh, religiously influenced uh, templates basically
1: (laughs) so like the original chutes and ladders is really angels and devils no because that would be cool
2: well maybe actually i wouldn't be super surprised if something like that exists but it was generally like a start and a finish so it's just like this where you start this where you end there was something that would basically progress you through the board and it was supposed to teach you like little lessons or give you like little reflections on life that you could apply
1: adam adam Yes. Is it, is it like the game of snakes and foxes from The Wheel of Time? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's a little game where there's a start and a beginning, and it teaches you a little lesson, which is that you can't win without cheating, which is the best lesson to learn from a game ever. <laughs> also, spoilers for The Wheel of Time.
2: So, yeah, in this era, um, they were basically like little religious ads pamphlets that were also supposed to teach you things about that religion and about life or little lessons that you could take and apply to your life very popularly printed a lot of them uh and then in 1860 mr milton bradley who had just come out of a failed lithography business attempt
1: i thought you were gonna say marriage
2: (laughs) uh this this is actually so I didn't really find a ton of interesting stuff about Milton Bradley. It seemed like he was just a pretty normal
0: dude, businessman. I bet man. you he
1: was a psychopath, and back Probably. then it would only cost $10 to have somebody burn the one box of documents that proved everything.
0: Could be, yeah. Uh,
2: but he got into the lithography business. He actually was kind of starting to hit it big because he made an image of Abraham Lincoln. He was not president yet, but was a rising political figure. Uh, I guess people liked it. It was selling well. And that was right when Abraham Lincoln decided to grow his signature beard. Nice. And the print was useless because no one recognized it anymore.
1: That's hilarious. (laughs) That would be like the guy who did the Obama thing and then Obama grew a beard. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Or he like only wore a hat or like something where you're just like, that guy never looks like that.
1: That would be hilarious. (laughs) For some reason, Obama sees it. He's like, hmm, Trilby.
2: <laughs> what if we had a hat president? You know, like, we hat did. guys,
1: we just had a hat president. He was a bad hat president. He well, wore a hat yeah. every fucking time.
2: That's funny. He very much was a yeah, hat president, he a, a red hat, shitty, shitty, <laughs> shitty hat
1: I don't like the idea of hat presidents. But the I'm last saying, hat president that was okay got shot.
2: <laughs> I'm saying, like, you know, the hat guy that's like,
1: I do. I used to be one of those hat people, but it's expensive.
2: No, a specifically a hat guy that doesn't want to show his bald head. Like, he wears a hat oh. because he's bald, and he doesn't want anyone to know that he's bald, even though everyone obviously knows he's bald. I wouldn't
1: consider that a hat guy. You're right.
2: I would you're consider right. that an insecure balding guy.
1: <laughs> and that, well, that, That's kind of a forgiveness of the hat thing. Like, if you're wearing it, that would be a medicinal hat. Okay. Like therapy hat yeah that's that's to help your self-image or whatever that's in my opinion no longer a hat yeah if you're wearing a hat all the time for because you want to write something on your hat for sure that's bad and then like i said the last we had a tasteful hat president it was the lincoln and they shot him for it yeah that's literally (laughs) why they killed him too good looking in a hat
0: yeah
2: can't have him it's like i don't have that hat can't have him have the hat
1: (laughs) That hat had to have been a pain in the ass to make. I don't know if he's ever watched how those hats are made.
2: I've seen some of it, and I know the whole Mad Hatter thing. Oh, do seem like uh, Yeah, because they polish them with mercury. I
1: I do love how much we end up using things in productions of stuff that goes on our head. That you're just like, (laughs) never put this in your body ever. It will make you go crazy. You're fine. Just stick it in your mouth.
2: Yeah, now use it as a wearable device.
1: (laughs) That's paint
2: yeah anyways Milton Bradley uh (laughs) 1860 he because of his failed lithography business I think he was trying some different stuff he creates this thing called the checkered game of life
1: that sounds sketchy
2: it is a little bit sketchy uh because it's basically like a kind of close to a version of what you know is a, a modern board game, like Candyland, Snakes and Ladders, whatever.
1: Candyland and Snakes and Ladders have fundamental differences in their game engines.
2: <laughs> but I just mean the whole idea of like, yeah, I finish. am this character and here I move is, around yeah. here. Yeah,
1: Here is a bonus. Here is a debuff. Exactly. Debuff, debuff, because I don't play games well.
2: Yeah, so it's it's like that version of a game you knew, but kind of darker so there were spots that were like suicide oh (laughs) nice and like you're you've become an alcoholic and lost your job so he
1: actually (laughs) made the game of life yes (laughs) and it was checkered hence the checkered game of life so did you go down in like a zig this is i'm about to ask a lot of questions about this game (laughs) (laughs) so if it was checkered how did you progress on the board
2: so, I didn't get too far into those details. I could tell you that it looked like a checkerboard. So, I don't know if it kind of operated the same way. You know, like, move a square, jump over a piece.
1: You can only go diagonally. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where so you have to make something that chooses a direction. So, there's three ways right. to go that. Square, serpentine, or diagonal. All of those lit up differently in my head, as I was saying. <laughs> it was real nice.
2: Yeah. Um, so, but the game was an instant success. I I didn't write down the numbers, but I think he started selling like ten to 20,000 copies I think monthly. it's
1: mildly insane that we kept track of that.
2: Yeah, there's a few games that came up when I was trying to research this era of board games that seemed to be very popular, and they the figures that they were quoting were always like 10,000 produced weekly. And, like, the Game of Life got to that point, so... Yeah,
1: that's a lot back then.
2: (laughs) I know. And especially you're thinking, like, this all happened kind of because Chroma Lithography started popping off. And so they're just kind of, you know, it sounds like really grinding away at the factory to just, like, pump out (laughs) board games. Yeah, (laughs) and then
1: the other end of the factory is just... Making the groundwater super delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're
2: like, this is fine. Yeah, just dump it in the river.
1: It adds a nice little tint to (laughs) the fish.
2: Yeah, so um, 1860, so like by 1861, he had already sold uh, 45,000 copies of the Checkered Game of Life. And was like, oh, this is my new business. Just got super into board games. Uh, um, right at this time, uh, the Civil War is starting. Civil War started in spring of 1861.
1: So he could just make normal checkers. <laughs> yeah. Put it on a piece of paper. And give it to everybody in their K-rations.
2: Well, so he did uh, temporarily give up board games. He wanted to make weaponry for yeah. the Civil War. But then he realized that he, like, he was decent at it, it helped, but he thought he had a bigger impact by just, like, bringing happiness to people in a bad time.
1: That's what a lot of people ended up doing (laughs) when they were like, turns out that my cardboard company doesn't know how to make a rifle.
2: Yeah. (laughs) But we're really good at making old maid.
1: Well, it's, (laughs) I mean, morale's important.
2: Yeah i think it's actually it's cool that this happened it's a fascinating part of american history really it's like milton bradley somehow
1: influenced the civil war like in his own way everybody with money affected i think that if you and i existed back then we probably would have been poised to (laughs) affect the civil war yeah like if we were there with our current level of intelligence like if we were born and got to keep our like what we learned in grade school just inherently we would probably both be incredibly rich and possibly terrible people
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: potentially um so the civil war is going on after the civil war milton bradley actually got into education
1: mm, i don't like that as much <laughs>
2: i don't think directly i think uh, what happened was so he learned about this thing called the kindergarten movement which was basically when just, we
1: decided to start using kindergarten yeah cause yeah. that's not an English name for <laughs> anything
2: yeah uh, I guess Elizabeth Peabody I oh, don't know that's that's who yeah. he would give a lecture about it I think it was a German guy yeah, it's, that made w- up what
1: the, the happen? <laughs> yeah. yeah for yeah. sure um, yeah, I do believe I know who that Peabody person is, because I think we both knew who that Peabody person is.
2: Yeah, Elizabeth Peabody, I'm not sure, but uh, Friedrich Froebel was the kindergarten movement. He was a German German scholar.
1: Did he basically say, you know what we should do? Teach children stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the idea was just engage children early and give them activities to make them learn things.
1: Yeah, it's stupid that that was considered a movement, <laughs> yeah. just so we're all clear how I feel about how human beings, we think we have any form of intelligence at all, and we have the fucking balls to call interacting with the children a movement. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the 1800s. That 1800, we had fucking electricity, motherfucker. <laughs> we had radios.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Smart people. Anyway, the genius of the kindergartens. I do agree with education. <laughs> I just yeah, think it's course. ridiculous that that's what that shit takes.
2: Oh, I think that should be number one, really. Uh, I think a lot of our funding should just be going to education and it would solve a lot of our problems. But, so, yeah, Milton Bradley, um, you know, he lived on to the early 1900s. He. You know with this whole kindergarten thing um and the the checkered game of life you know his impact uh, on the civil war all those things and the history i told you about board games before him you know board games had always taken this kind of like motivational like oh, things are going to be better. I guess I did also mention suicide in the Checkered Game of Life, but well, they were intended to kind of teach you things. Uh, that's an
1: important thing to learn. Like, yeah. really think about if you never once thought about suicide and then just went outside. <laughs>
2: right. But So board games were really thought of as kind of a moralistic device, like an educational and moralistic thing, until the Parker Brothers came along. <laughs> And he basically was like, hey, uh, screw this morals and learning stuff. I want to have fun. (laughs) And he made a game called Banking, which was basically just about being the biggest capitalist you can be. Like, that's
1: how you would win. That sounds like the beginning of the decline. (laughs) We might have found the root. I know, this is what I'm saying. It's
2: like, I think board games actually had a crazy huge impact on America. <laughs> That's what I'm saying with, like, the nameless heroes of America kind of thing. Not that they're even heroes. It's just, like, these are the people that I think did have a very large cultural impact in kind of a covert way.
1: Yeah, and because yeah, <laughs> that definitely affects media past then as well. Yeah. Because at that time, you were... So we had fiction... But fiction wasn't science fiction, or I guess it was like the beginning-ish it's around. Is in eighteen like thirties. Yeah, yeah. Is around when they're like, yeah. I don't remember if it's the thirties, forties, or fifties. I
2: think it was thirties, but yeah. yeah, around that time. But
1: yeah, Mary showing, shout out, fucking killer bitch, <laughs> shout out, Mary. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, nothing was super crazy yet in right. that angle, and the only version like a board game would have been considered like fast media. Yeah, that would have been the equivalent of a newspaper versus a TV. Yep. So the fact that those were moralistic to begin with is kind of amazing that we were just like, all right, well, if we're going to feed the kids garbage, it's going to be healthy garbage because we're (laughs) barely starting that now. Yeah. And then that guy's. Yeah. So he abandoned it in the first thing. And then directly after that, we start making shorter and shorter media, which follows like the outreach or I guess the, the parameters we've built are on the board game. Yeah. Yeah. So this man morally bankrupt everybody with a fucking board game.
2: Well, so George Parker, right through the Parker brothers, they actually were brothers. Um, but George Parker was the one who created that game, Banking. He did it, I think, just for fun, to have something to do with his friends. He but ruined it was... the
1: country for fun?
2: <laughs> well, so the, it wasn't widespread yet. He, this was just like a game he was playing with like five people. He was just
1: seeing how many people he could morally bankrupt <laughs> amongst his friends. You've hard set me against this person with how you framed this.
2: <laughs> well, they loved it so much, and his brother watched them play the game all the time. His brother was Charles Parker, which I, Charlie Parker? <laughs>
1: I heard that as Charles Barkley when you said it, and I was like, amazing. <laughs> Why are they called the Parker Brothers? <laughs>
2: Uh, So his brother, Charles, was like, hey, this game is so popular. Everyone loves it. You should start selling it. Uh, I think he was a little reluctant at first, um, but then they started going out and looking for publishers, and then they kept getting turned down. And I think that actually motivated George more to publish his game. Failure? Yeah. Like, I think he didn't really want to do it. His brother forced him to. And then they were failures at it and so he was like all right i'm going to publish it myself <laughs> he spent $40 uh, to create 500 sets did and you
1: happen to look up the conversion
2: no let's see what year is this 1883 and by the way he's 16 when this is happening
1: my best is my guess is that this is 6 or $700 so in 1913 Right, and this is
2: eighteen eighty three. So we're thirty years off. Forty dollars is equal in today's money to one thousand one hundred and eighty dollars. I was
1: off by a bit. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I'm just gonna go with. I think we could say like around, three
2: or four reigned. I would think a little lower, maybe like two. I would think that it's a little bit smaller rate of inflation. But yeah, I mean, he basically spent at least over a thousand dollars. To publish. Um, so yeah, he publishes the game. Five hundred copies, sold all of them, but twelve. I, I don't know what happened to those twelve. If <laughs> They just lost or something. Oh, he
1: gave them to his friends. Yeah, maybe those maybe are the those promotional ones. There. One of them's <laughs> yeah. got a big dick drawn on the back. This is <laughs> from the brothers.
2: That's the rare one that you're gonna see on Pawn Stars, and they're like, oh, "Can we authenticate this?" I really dick?
1: don't want like. <laughs> Actual parts of American history on Pawn Stars that bothers me more than I thought it would.
2: But he profited $100, which, I mean, we just did $40 was worth upwards of a few thousand potentially. So, I mean, $100, that's like he maybe he made like 10 grand or something.
1: Are you tired of your modes of transportation remaining unsentient and completely data. Well, with one of our new Transmorgas, you'll have all of the talking vehicle that you can handle. I am proud of love. So, get your new Transmorgas today and help wrestle the chains of oppression away from the hands of our overlords. This message is brought to you by The Revolution LLC.
2: Yeah, so the Parker Brothers, I mean, they, they kept making games. You know, they were huge. Um, morally
1: bankrupting the world. Yeah. Making stuff for only entertainment value. Getting rid of any chance we really had of getting through the current times.
2: Um, the company did make it to, well, as Parker Brothers made it to 1968 when they were acquired by General Mills.
1: The people who make cereal?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the first Nerf ball actually was made under the, uh, Parker Brothers name. And I believe, yep, they were also, um, do you remember Parker Brothers video games?
1: Probably. I don't want to remember.
2: They made some interesting titles that you wouldn't think. Did they worth. make
1: like the Zorg?
2: No. Well, ma- I mean, I don't know. I don't think Not so. Not to
1: be confused with Zork. And I might be saying it wrong, but there's like a little bird's eye view walk arounds, large map and then you go into internal levels and it turns into a side scroll and it's all kind of cartoony. It does remind me of cereal box stuff.
2: <laughs> so some of the games that they made, they were generally home ports of uh, arcade favorites. Okay. So like NES era stuff, they made like Frogger. Uh, they made the Nintendo Popeye. Um, which was actually a Nintendo game that was weird that that was a Nintendo game Um
1: Q-Bert. oh so they do that is that exact animation that I'm thinking of
2: yeah that is uh, straight yeah, up Q-Bert. a cereal yeah. box yeah yeah it doesn't have the 2D thing you were talking about but it ha-
1: no no yeah but yeah. so the the character of the guy is like in that style animation it's like so make a kid right. in that style animation give him a little blaster yeah. They're actually really fun games, but they I were. I think I might know. They what were you're all DOS about. games, so I mean, okay, that'd be around the era.
2: Yeah, uh, Parker Brothers also made some of the first Star
1: Wars video games. Okay, then I definitely have played a Parker Brothers game because yeah. for a while I thought that those games were awesome, and it turns out like one, one of them is good. That's not an arcade game.
2: <laughs> I think that they were just like publishing the games though i don't think they were developing them but i could be wrong
1: that's such a weird industry to do you're like we don't do anything yeah here you go (laughs) Yep.
2: so uh parker brothers no longer exists um they also got bought by hasbro in 2009 so parker brothers and milton bradley both eventually yeah.
1: I think throughout listening to our podcasts, people are going to find out that everybody is just owned by like four people.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is.
1: So this, uh,
2: the Parker Brothers in general, it seems like, um, but just this era of gaming kind of became more focused on entertainment, capitalism, capitalism. <laughs> Yeah. having fun dominating being yeah. competitive rather than you know the earlier version we were just talking about where you were supposed to kind of learn a lesson or like yeah. practice something or whatever it was just... that kind of started to change again or i guess had a little blip with monopoly <laughs> yeah
1: because uh, monopoly was supposed to show the terrors of capitalism but instead became one of the most popular things to bring capitalism into power.
2: Exactly. Yep, so uh, Monopoly kind of, it evolved from a game that was actually called The Landlord's Game.
1: I think I actually knew that.
2: It was invented by, or developed, invented, I think invented is the word, um, by a woman named Lizzie Maggie. And it was kind of with the former version of board games intended to explain the single tax theory of Henry George. And it was basically, basically Lizzie Maggie, she was into economics and she realized that a lot of economic messages people could grasp, but if you tried to just teach them, like, you know, throw a bunch of words at them, give them these advanced concepts they had a difficult time absorbing that knowledge. Yeah,
1: complicated shit's complicated.
2: <laughs> yeah, but if you made them play a game, they could see that. They could see it develop quickly enough. Like yeah. you know, in real life, it takes months or whatever. You can't really grasp yeah. all those concepts. Um, but you play this game, and it's like, oh, well, here's this concept illustrated perfectly, clearly.
1: So she invented the example. <laughs>
2: I mean, the example of... I would say an abstract
1: how, example.
2: Yeah, an abstract example of how landlords could very quickly abuse society like, if they were allowed to control the game.
1: You're talking <laughs> about like something completely impossible to ever happen in real life, possibly in our 30s? <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, so uh, Lizzie Maggie makes this game... Uh, and patents it in 1904. We're going to get into the whole thing you alluded to of how this basically just became an example of capitalism and greed, even though it wasn't supposed to be. So she self-published the game, much like the Parker Brothers. Uh, 1906 is when she started publishing it. I think it did decent enough. Uh, It wasn't like a resounding hit or anything like that. She didn't become rich off the game and then the patent expired I, I don't know if that's the word it, it was that, a, to become public domain right so she wanted expired. okay. so she wanted to uh, refile for the patent but at the time and I think this may still be the way it works she had to basically add to the patent you know to so, yeah, to characterize the distinction from the past product that she had patented
1: yeah. um, she did that so is that why there's a hat
2: you know i'm not sure if
1: that would be funny if that's why with... those are there was just like fine <laughs> here's a fucking dog and a hat and a fucking comb what else do you want a little tiny car
2: <laughs> so what she did was she created um new sets of rules so it actually started out as, I think, more of a lesson to show you like how it could go wrong and to avoid that. But then the newer version had two rule sets. There was a anti-monopolist and a monopolist rule set. So you could basically play as the evil landlord or the guy trying to avoid it. That,
1: <laughs> that there goes into the Grand Theft Auto problem in the world. More people like fucking shit up
0: yeah um
2: i think this is when she added so i'm not sure about what you were saying like the uh character pieces
1: yeah i'm uh, I, I can almost guarantee you that was after they turned into crazy commercial shit
2: well and we're still talking about the landlords yeah. a game or what was it called again
1: Dungeons yeah, and Dragons.
2: Game. For some reason,
1: I doubted that. D- Is it not the Landlord's Game? <laughs> it's actually a game of Landlords. <laughs> they sit on a big chair that's covered in lawn ornaments. Don't watch Season 7 or 8.
2: It ruined the whole game.
1: I, oh, <laughs> I'll take that into advice for this incredibly cryptic description. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but she, so when she redid the game or added things, that's where she did add uh, cardboard houses. And the ability to increase rents as you add into the property. So this is already starting to sound extremely like the version of modern Monopoly. Yeah. I mean, it is very close to that. Um, also important to note that uh, you know the the design of Monopoly where it. Yes. So We talked about board games are like start end, but Monopoly just goes circle. around
1: a whole loop. Is that what started that?
2: Yeah. So that was one of the ideas that she brought to the board game industry, which has
1: its own fucking actual symbolism of if we don't stop this, is this is just going to continue forever. <laughs> yep, <laughs> and everybody else didn't catch that.
2: Yeah, and go directly to jail and do not pass go. <laughs> I mean, whole generation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Now we'll get into Monopoly, right? Which was made by parker brothers and it was brought to them by a man named
1: mr slugworth
2: charles darrow in 1935 they worked out a deal i'm pretty sure he got royalties as well as just a a big initial sum Um, monopoly becomes a huge hit And he's basically the first guy to get rich from board games. So, yeah, 1935, right? Monopoly starts coming out. Um, Huge hit. Uh, Lizzie Maggie (laughs) obviously realizes, like, oh, my God, they stole my My game. ripped off. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess she made very little, possibly lost money on the whole landlord's game deal because it never became a hit she was pouring her own money into it
1: yeah so they just changed what they needed to to get out of her patent lane and produced it aside
2: oh I, i think they were much more brazen about it so
1: well this would have been around the time they started making laws about making like exact duplicate items and stuff and like the whole you have to change this amount like i'm pretty sure that's when percentages of the thing that you had to change came into it instead of just being like no
2: it's left-handed so parker brothers actually bought the copyrights from charles darrow who presented them with this game monopoly um but then they learned about uh, lizzie maggie's version of the game and i hope i'm saying her name right because it's there's not two G's in Maggie. It's M-A-G-I-E. So maybe it's Meiji. But anyways, I'll just call her Lizzie Maggie. Fun fact, Adam.
1: <laughs> I don't know how to spell that in the first place.
2: <laughs> I just don't want to
1: disrespect this lady. It's like she's been disrespected so much. I don't want to say I mean, wrong. totally <laughs> shout out. I'm just saying I don't know how to spell. I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Her name could be Michael or Michelle as well.
2: Yeah. Um... So Parker Brothers obviously knew about it because they bought the copyrights from Charles Darrow. But then I think shortly after that, they found out about the Landlords game. They saw the obvious similarities. I think they had a little bit of doubts in this Charles Darrow dude as well because they were seeing like other similar versions of it. Because it had people kind of ripped this off and like evolved it to get to that point. Like, in 1935.
1: Yeah, back in the day, if you saw a game like that, you just went home, you're like, I saw this while I was visiting my friend, and they don't sell this at the fucking corner store, so I have to draw my own, and right. that's how that just starts in a town.
2: Um, so, Parker Brothers did give Lizzie Maggie $500 for her patent the the two patents that we were talking about or maybe just one patent maybe the later patent i'm not sure
1: yeah either way we actually have the numbers on that because that's what all that was based (laughs) on so it's like fucking ten thousand dollars almost
2: yeah um but i know in she made statements after that that were like she basically broke even in the end so i don't know if that was you know the whole ordeal or whatever but yeah it it never she never profited from this whole thing basically.
1: <laughs> I mean, depending on how you feel about how this turned out, she might have been a terrible person because she just didn't keep her mouth shut.
2: <laughs> so there's also some kind of weird development with that too. Um, so she did try to get credit, was never able to in her lifetime. She died in the sixties. And in the seventies there was a lawsuit centered around the game of Monopoly because someone created a version, uh, Ralph Answatch is the guy's name. He created a game called Anti Monopoly. And that Parker was the Brothers the original game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Parker brothers sued him for it, like saying that they're disparaging the image of Monopoly, whatever. And so they had to start researching the history of Monopoly and who actually owned the patents and all this stuff. And that's when this lady gets credit for it because they they had to present in court like, no, these people didn't even come up with the game.
1: (laughs) We totally kind of stole this. Yeah. Kind of made somebody die in obscurity.
2: Yeah. So he actually won the case. Uh, The guy that made Anti-Monopoly, he did have to win it through appeal, so he initially lost the case, but then he did win it. Uh, Later on, there was a somewhat similar case that came up because someone made a game called Ghettoopoly. and I
1: think I know of this.
2: Yeah, that person actually did lose their case. I guess the game was pretty racist, and that's why they were like,
1: yeah, you can kind of talk shit, but not like this. <laughs> you can't get to the point of actual defamatory. Yeah.
2: Um. So, I mean, Lizzie kind of did get credit in the end, I suppose, but.
1: But not useful credit. Yeah,
2: and not in her lifetime, and <laughs> just kind of wildly ironic in a way. I mean, in many ways, but
1: again upsetting is what it
0: is
1: (laughs) sad and makes me want to cry over monopoly which i already didn't like yeah but let's end
2: this on a happy note uh do you know that they switch out the the pieces the figures in monopoly
1: yes like the star wars monopoly
2: uh well i'm not talking about special editions of the game i'm talking about the core base monopoly
1: like do they make a fancier hat or do they like get rid of the hat
2: So, they did get rid of the hat, which is a bummer. I liked the hat. Um, They do public polls.
1: That's weird.
0: Yeah. So, there's.
1: So, they are exactly like real capitalism. They have some fucking bullshit vote on some shit to make you feel like you have power while they don't change anything in the background. Yeah. Cool.
2: They actually um, just finished their latest poll. Right. So, in April of 2022. They announced that a previously retired token would return. Is it the dog? Uh,
1: it is not the dog. It is the thimble. Ooh, didn't know that was retired. Yeah. I would like to put my vote down for the next one and so that we can get the ball rolling on this, that we get Meg the Stallion. <laughs> like in that like down looking up wop position. Yeah.
2: I think that could actually work because or there rap. was a horse and rider token uh, that was retired in 2000. So, so we can
1: I mean, get... Megan the Stallion, horse, rider. I mean, I'm not sure that it's required to. Does it have to have something to do with one of the previous pieces? <laughs> no, it's like, just Dude, be cool. We had a hat before, <laughs> gotta be ahead this time.
2: The dog, actually, I think, has been one of the most long standing pieces. So,
1: he's still around.
2: Um, the dog came in, like, in 1942?
1: I bet you it's because they would have to explain where the dog went to children. <laughs> like, he just went to a farm, man. There are only
2: three pieces that have, um, lived the entirety of Monopoly's
1: life. Any guess? It's one of them, the tiny car. Yep. Right. The car. So, and then the dog. And the iron.
2: No, the iron actually uh, got voted out
1: recently. Motherfucker. That's my piece.
2: The iron got replaced by a cat, which is well, kind of cool. I mean, I like cats. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the race car, the battleship.
1: The battleship? Yep. I've never played with anyone who likes the battleship. And I will have to retract my previous statement.
2: The third piece is the top hat. So the top hat never went away. Yeah, because
1: the top hat is you can put it on the dog. Yeah. They're I a that. couple.
2: <laughs> um the shortest lasting piece, although there I guess there's a little bit of an asterisk there because like the cat is that only came around in twenty seventeen. Right. So uh, the shortest lasting piece and another twist of irony is The Sack of Money, which only lasted about six years. Everyone's just like, this is two on the nose, guys. <laughs> Please don't confront us with the brutal reality of this is that game. All you view
1: us as is a sack <laughs> of money.
2: So, uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Is that it? That's um it. so today we've learned that the actual decline of American history started with board games and us losing our moral fiber.
2: Yep. Thanks Parker Brothers. Thanks Milton Bradley. I mean Milton
1: Bradley still had the morals. It was the Parker Brothers. That's true. So <laughs> I guess goodbye and fuck the Parker Brothers. <laughs> I heard a really, really, really funny, this is a tangent, but it is a short one, uh, a really funny spill about in Japan, like several hundred gallons of soap <laughs> fell in this fucking river and yeah. killed zero fish. Wow. <laughs> so they just had a bunch of clean fish. <laughs>
2: it's like the cleanest fish we have ever
0: seen. They were quoted uncatchable by other people.